But yeah, it's. I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We were, we, were, <laughs> we were talking about. Uh, what were we talking about? Okay, welcome to episode 18 of Golf Needs You, a podcast where golf industry creators, entrepreneurs, and professionals can walk us through their personal stories and their professional journeys and tell us a little bit about how they got to where they are today. My guest today is David Cushman. David is a creator in the truest sense of the word. He is doing something that I could only dream of doing and building his own putters. David's got a putter company that, that he runs on the side of his day job uh, called Cushman Custom Golf. He's been at it for a few years now. A super interesting listen as to how he got started, uh, the successes and challenges he's had along the way, and where he thinks it might be able to take him. But I encourage you to follow along with David's work on Instagram or online, and you know, really just enjoy the journey that he has taken. Before we get to the episode, this podcast is brought to you by Minimal Golf. That is mnmlgolf.com. Minimal Golf makes probably coolest golf bags on the market i own one myself solar panel charger cooler pocket which i've utilized on a number of occasions for various beverages i hope you support minimal golf just as you do golf needs you appreciate you listening as always my name is will mayo director of golf sales and business development for Ramsell golf club in brago springs california and this is episode 18 of golf needs you with david cushman Okay, we have David Cushman of Cushman Custom Golf. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I am super interested in, in all that you do, but I guess I'll kick it off with, you know, if, if someone catches you in an ele- elevator and they ask you what you do for a living, what do you tell them? So my day job, I'm a software developer. I work for a company in Huntington Beach that makes uh, chemical pumps and uh, got a thriving software team there that's doing like a lot of cool stuff, has nothing at all to do with golf. And then uh, at nighttime, after my kids go to bed, I go out to my garage and I run a small putter company that, you know, it keeps, it's pretty much consumed my life uh, when I'm not working or dealing with my kids or hanging out with my wife. (laughs) I'm making putters in the garage. Dang. I bet that probably catches the attention of of any golfer probably just wants to pick your brain about what all that entails. Yeah. There's there's always questions that follow once I... (laughs) Once I do that, most people want to know what putter would fit them. That's like the number one question I get. Interesting. Yeah. What kind of putter should I get? What should I be hitting based on? You say one of yours? Yeah, of course. Right. That's the, <laughs> the best answer. Um, well, for anybody listening who wants to kind of follow along on, on the internet while you while you talk about it, uh, what's the best place to kind of see your work so they can see as, as they're listening? I got a website, uh, www.cushman.golf. And then uh, on Instagram, uh, Instagram at Cushman Custom Golf. That's where I have the most up-to-date stuff. Yeah. And, and there's a ton of pictures on there. And I've, I've never done that at the beginning of an interview before, but I feel like it would be cool to have like the visual accompaniment to, to hear you describe what it is that you make. And, you know, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you haven't been into the golf game in general, like as a, as a golfer for that long, huh? Um, I, I definitely found golf <clears throat> late in life. Uh, not like I'm dead or anything now, but uh, <laughs> I, I was introduced to the game when I was like 20, <clears throat> probably 23 or 24. Okay. And uh, I was shown it by a buddy of my now wife, uh, one of her good friends. He played all the time and I was like, dude, golf is so weird. Like, I don't understand how you spend all the time doing that. I thought it was the strangest game. And then he took me out and man, I was like hooked instantly. 
And so for yeah. like the last 10 years of my life, that's pretty much been all I've thought about. And now here we are. Well, that's inc- it's incredible to me that only 10 years ago you got the kind of into golf and now you've got like a full blown golf business or side business or whatever you want to call it. Like how long in between that moment of you getting introduced and did the origin of Cushman custom golf come about? Uh, I've been doing the putter stuff for the, about the last two years. Uh, almost, yeah, almost two years exactly as of like middle of August. Okay. And do you have like a moment of inception that you knew you wanted to start doing it or how did that come about? Yeah. Uh, at my last job, uh, before my current job, I, I kind of had a lot of free time, uh, and I started looking at machinery auctions and mm-hmm. I, I saw someone was selling like an old Bridgeport mill and I'd always been interested in machining, but I'd never machined anything in my life. Like I'd worked in a shop environment uh, as my first real job, but I'd never done any machining. And I was like, man, I've always wanted to do this. And I watched this thing and it was so cheap. I just had to buy it. And so I bought this machine in an auction and I had to go pick it up like within two days or they were going to keep it. (laughs) And I, I brought it home and I was like, man, what do I want to do with this thing first? I had like a couple off-road projects that I was working on and some little like toy RC cars that I was building. And I thought okay. I was going to use it for that. And then I was like, man, I would, I'd really like to see if I could make a putter because I'd just been looking at the Scotty Cameron website and I saw that he sells putters every Wednesday for like three, four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000. I was like, dude, that's insane. Like I could make things that look like that. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to make a putter. And I made one and I had a, I had a big Palm Springs golf trip coming up with my buddies that we do every year. And I brought my first putter out there and I used it the whole time. And like, it was totally playable. And I've made a bunch of putters with that machine since then. Wow. I, I bet you're like the most interesting dude out there over the weekend. Probably. I'm assuming everybody wanted to know what was up with your homemade <laughs> club. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, like, it was, it was cool that it didn't break and it got me through yeah. four rounds in the heat. <laughs> those, those were the parameters of success for that yep, initial putter. Pretty much, right? And not three putt every hole. Yeah. Where's that putter live now? You still got it? It's over in the corner. Yeah. It's, uh, I look back at it every once in a while and see how far I've come because it was pretty bad uh, by today's standards. Hmm. So, But it's cool to, I'll never get rid of it. It'll, it'll always sit over in the corner as a reminder oh, of where sure. we came from. Absolutely. And and so between that time and now, how many putters have you produced roughly, do you think? I, at, when COVID started, I started getting kind of lazy of tracking uh, how many I've done, but it, it's got to be close to 100 by now, wow. which is like shocking to me that there's that many things that I made that are out there in the world and like actually getting played. It's pretty cool. And, you know, for someone who knows absolutely nothing about what it takes to build a putter, how, how long does does that take like start to finish how much time do you invest into each one that you're making i would guess most of them are probably about 10 12 hours of labor spent spe- like specifically on them um some of them if they're like more complicated and have more complicated features to them will i could see getting up around like 20 30 hours in them wow wow well you know if, if you don't mind if you could talk to me like I'm a five-year-old like what is <laughs> what is the process of, of, of building one like I, I don't even know what that looks like I've, I've, I have no idea what goes into that yeah so the way I do it is I get uh, from like a metal supply you can get a rectangular bar that comes like to a specific size and I start from like inch by inch and a quarter rectangular steel just a piece of ugly gray metal and then I have a milling machine. That's the machine that I bought at an auction. And that's what cuff, cuts like the rough shape uh, of the putter into the metal. 
And then uh, I have a couple other machines that I make parts for the neck with. That's just like metal that I source locally from local steel supplies. And then I, uh, I have a welder, glue it all together with the welder. And then I order uh, parts for the clubs based on like what people want on their clubs, shafts and grips and things of that nature. I order all those from a couple different supplies around the country and box them up and ship them out. Wow. Wow. And, and then, so between that first one that you built, that was yours for that Palm Springs weekend, like how long did it take you until you were comfortable selling putters? Um, that's a good question. I sold a couple right away, like before I was comfortable for sure. And I took <laughs> on like a couple projects that I was not ready for at all. Yeah. Just faking it till you made yeah, it. Yeah, honestly, it's it's like a true story of that where like I'm seriously just a dude in a garage that likes golf and I I've learned all this stuff like as I've gone. Uh I haven't had too many screw ups as far as clubs that were I was like, dude, we can't even salvage this thing. It's so bad, which I feel like I'm lucky to be able to say that. Um yeah, it's I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We were, we, were, <laughs> we were talking about uh what were we talking about? We were talking about how long it was. Oh yeah, that's that right. How long it was? Yeah. 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 So I, I, uh, I sold a couple probably within like two months of that golf trip, and they were pretty good. But like, I still look back at them today, and I'm like, man, they were so bad compared to what I can do today. So I'd say what makes like, that? um, just like the the consistency of them. Like, I. I do all my machinery is like hand cranked. So like any club that I make hundred percent, like I'm cranking the dials by hand to move the cutter around to like actually cut the shape. And okay. so with that, like a lot of the guys that make putters that I would say, like, I, I hate to call it like I'm a competitor of theirs. Cause like, I don't really see it like that, but my competitors for lack of a better word, like they have machinery that's controlled by a computer so mm. they can get like perfect shapes and like way better finishes right off the machine. Like mine are really rough when they come off of my machine. So I okay. like hand sand them and finish them. Is that and, something that you like lean into as like, like I'm doing it by hand. So it, therefore mine is cooler. Yeah. That's one way to look at it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but like when you do that, like if, if you're not great with your hands, like you can get like just a lot of like deep scratches and just inconsistent, like rounding of corners and stuff. So I try to make them look like as close to perfect as I can with like doing it with old school machinery that is powered by like shop power at your house, you know, one ten power. That's all I have. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is going to, I'm not going to be able to articulate this question the way that I have it in my brain, but it's like, I feel like every, all these like new putters are like friggin' spaceships. And I, and I think like to myself, like, man, there must be such crazy technology in that they're designed in such a certain way that makes the ball come off the face the way it does. And then you basically say, no, I'm just cutting down a hunk of thing. Like, it, it's, yep. like it's like golf company X's brand new putter. That's super expensive. Like how much different is that from what you're making? Like at its core. Yeah, like the bigger, new, more mallet-shaped putters, like they have a lot of like quote-unquote technology packed into those. But I mean, it's pretty much, it's all the same strategies across like all the manufacturers. They want to keep the weight really low and really wide so that like it increases the MOI. That's the term that always gets thrown around in putters. And that's like what they all do. What is the MOI? Moment of inertia. A higher moment of inertia means like that you can it's basically like it comes down to it's easier to swing the putter doesn't want to twist on you uh but yeah i'm i i'm i'm more of the artsy side of putting where 
like you just got to look at the line and hit it on the line and yeah. like if you just practice with your putter enough like you can do that and i don't i don't really don't i don't buy into the tech as much because i, I yeah. any putter i use that i make like i shoot the same score with all of them so <laughs> you know i, I don't <laughs> think it's the the putter that's really changing anything it's funny that you say that when, when you were talking tonight, we were talking about the technology of these putters. And then I just found myself like thinking, I was like, well, if I you had a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what technology in a putter means. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's just technology in there. I don't know what it is. It's technology, yep. whatever that means. And yeah, it's I mean, everyone will just toss around the same terms to you. They'll all say like, the, it's got a high moment of inertia or they'll talk about like, it's got to be this swing weight to be right. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. I think there's yeah. only a couple measurements that you really need to look at and as long as you get those right, like any putter should do. What what would be those like couple measurements? Like what are they? The lie angle, which is like how flat the club sits, uh, yeah. the length of it. You don't want to be like too hunched over or be too upright. And then mm-hmm. uh, the loft. Most I've no, I haven't really had to do many extreme loft changes, but like if someone has like a really gnarly forward press, they might need like a higher loft to get the ball to actually roll or to get it to like hop at the beginning and then do the nice skid and roll. Huh? Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I'm finding. I wrote down all these questions, and now I just feel like I'm just asking questions that are interesting. <laughs> I I've totally abandoned my my interview roadmap here, but I'll try to get back on track. <laughs> um, so, like for you, I mean, as an entrepreneurial pursuit, like other than the actually creating the putter, what else has been exciting about it for you? Like, is there anything else that you've enjoyed about the business? Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely the relationships that I've made, like from everyone that's bought clubs, like all the people that have spent money on my golf clubs. I'm so appreciative of them. And like, I, I call a lot of them my friends. I talk to them a lot on Instagram. Uh, some of them, like I, I went through a job change and I got asked by those people more than like my real friends at home, which is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely been like the just meeting all these cool people that are all obsessed with golf and have like their own little relationship with it, their own like little gearheads, And it's been yeah. really cool. Yeah, the golf community in Southern California is really neat. I don't know if it's like that elsewhere, but like I, Thomas Wrighton was on, on a guest earlier on, on the show and, and he said like, you know, it's really cool because Instagram is kind of just like the lobby where everyone just kind of hangs out and then you meet all these people. And like, I I feel the same way about the people that I've met through Southern California golf community. I think we've a lot of the same people probably like yep. the Jimmy, Jimmy Traficanas of the world and stuff. Yeah. He's actually one of the people that I talked to at the very beginning of this, where I was like kind of down at my last job, the one that afforded me like a little bit of spare time. It was just, I, I was burnt out on it and I had this crazy idea. I actually made a divot tool. That was like one of the very, very first things mm. I ever made. And I saw that he was involved with the cut invitational that year. Yeah. And so I, it was like the night before and I just made these things. I was like, Hey dude, can I give you this to do in like a giveaway at the tournament? And I went and met up with him and talked to him for like an hour or so uh, the night before that tournament. And it was just kind of like an enlightening conversation. Like there's other people out here that are kind of like fed up with their jobs and like, just want to do something that's more interesting to them. And that's for sure what that guy's doing. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's got to figure it out. He's so he just like points and shoots too, which is yeah. what I like about him. Yeah, he's got his hand in a lot of stuff. It's pretty cool to watch. Um, I someone told me I was bullshitting with someone about what they think like a, a future golf trend we're gonna see is, and like like man, I you see so many people spending such crazy amounts of money on the smallest things in golf like i bet there's going to be a market for just super super expensive ball markers yep. no way man and then sure enough they're kind of popping up all over yeah it's crazy how many guys support themselves uh, with businesses like that that's nuts honestly 
yeah a lot of talented so people too really talented guys doing like really cool stuff with i mean small shop machinery like me too yeah i feel like I feel like you were probably like one of the first putter putter guys I ever followed. And I I'm seeing a bunch, I guess the Instagram algorithms got me because I'm seeing like a handful more pop up. Have you noticed more and more people doing what you're doing lately? Yeah. When I started, like I, I was definitely not one of the first people into it, but when I started, like there were a few that I knew of and now it's crazy. Like I'm, I feel like it's almost like every week you see someone pop up with like a paid ad that's coming mm-hmm. in with like a new putter. And yeah, it's, there's a ton of people doing it. Uh, a lot of different ways which is cool too interesting like i know you mentioned it's a it's a side thing is is it an ultimate goal to make it a full-time thing or are you content with it being a side thing or what's what's kind of the future roadmap look like for you yeah that's a good question it's one i really don't know the answer to um i would i would for sure do it if like i had the business to justify it and uh i was able to do it like i would definitely make that move because it's it's definitely more interesting to me at this point in my life than like the software game is. Yeah. But it's, I like to, like I've done very little advertising and very little work, like actually trying to grow the business side of it. Like I pretty much have just stuck to making cool stuff, Yeah, which is like the thing about it that I like the most. Uh, and so I like to like the pace that it's at right now, I struggle to keep up with. So hmm. with at least with the hours that I can give to it, like if I had, if this was the only thing I was doing, I could definitely keep up with what I have, but I don't know. It's, I like to just let it grow and see what it does on its own right now. Yeah. I imagine that's kind of tough, right? Like you ultimately get to a tipping point where you would you like have to make a choice of how much more time you want to put in it or not. Like, yeah, it's either that or the product quality diminishes to yeah. like, meet with the demand. And that's something that I really don't want to do. So yeah yeah i imagine that's a difficult choice to make i and then i, I mean it's just it's just a math game huh, of how many that you'd have to produce to support a, a full-time endeavor and yep pretty much that's how, what it comes down to at least like with the machinery that i have now and like the style that i do everything now that's what's kind of cool about it now is like it's all handmade like handwork done in the garage by a guy that's like i don't know got the ability and time to do that versus like kind of like a day-to-day thing where you're just like slogging out making like the same basic stuff all the time i don't know i'm not really interested in that and and every piece that you make is just totally unique yeah they're all like i have i have a couple shapes that i have a buddy that has a cnc machine he cuts out like the very rough shape of and then i can finish like the way the sole is shaped and like i do all the loft cuts like he just cuts out the cavity form pretty much on (laughs) those couple shapes and so those ones are more of like a production style but like still every detail about them every neck like all those parts are handmade one off uh and finished like hand stamped all unique every single piece that comes out of the shop is like not like another one at all that's so cool man and then like so when you're making these like what's the what's the ratio of of things that you're making that are just because of of your brain and then you put them online and try to sell them and how many of them are like custom order yeah, that's something that I am trying to shift back to right now. At first, it was all just like, I want to build this shape, this style, uh, so I'm going to do it. But then, like, as you start getting the orders and only having, like, limited time a day, pretty much all transferred over to the order side of it. Mm-hmm. And just lately now, I've been like, dude, I have to make stuff that is, like, experimental. Because, like, I, I, feel, I feel like I've made the same putter a few times now, and it's starting to bother me a little bit. So I need to go, like, back to the drawing board and get some new ideas flowing. 
Yeah. What I'm hearing from you is that you need to quit your job. And do this <laughs> Honestly, like I would love to, if I could support my family and do it, I for sure would. Cause it's, it's definitely my passion, but just the, uh, I don't know. It's like one of those things where will it grow if you do it? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Who knows? Calculate, calculated risk. So like these people that you kind of have called out who have, are not doing it all by hand. Like is, is that the deal that you'd have to make with the devil to, scale it to a point where it would support you or like is anyone doing it like you are and actually been able to there's one dude that's like all by hand in arizona lamont man uh man crafted is his company he is like uh almost all by hand he's got a couple like cnc shapes that i have that he offers but almost all like the main work that he does is by hand and Mm -hmm. he's like one of my biggest inspirations for this whole thing uh just an old dude that's got a a tiny little shop in the corner of like a golf course parking lot and that's where he makes putters every day that wow. sounds like a pretty sick way to do it to me heck yeah that sounds like <laughs> a dream so so it is possible then to keep like your like authenticity and your vision and, and make it happen it just just a time and a, and a numbers game it sounds like yeah i think it's something like that yeah or what you said too like you could do the deal with the devil and go the cnc route and you could do a lot of cool stuff with those machines like there's guys out there doing really insane stuff that i can't fathom how they do yeah i guess i shouldn't have said devil because it is pretty cool stuff the stuff i've seen online but i i understand that it's maybe not as and the way that you've, you're doing it right now which i think is pretty sweet too yeah it's old school yeah um so you play strictly with your own putters yeah i do i had i had a a couple putters before i made one of my own and then i ditched one i ditched like the last one right before that palm springs trip and ever since i've been swapping putters almost weekly for the last two years i imagine it it's going to be so cool and then maybe it's already happened like the, the day that you go see like a cushman putter out in the wild somebody playing one that's yeah. gonna be such a cool feeling that would be pretty crazy to see one that like i didn't really remember the genesis of out in yeah the wild. i haven't seen that yet i have seen there's one guy that was selling his on ebay and that was like the first time i think one had been resold and so oh. that was like an interesting moment in my life how'd you feel about that i was like man it kind of i was kind of bummed because like they're so personal like i i have like a relationship with everyone that i sell one with like we have a conversation about how we do it how like we're gonna make the club and their details and stuff that they want uh and so i was kind of bummed to see it for sale but at the same time like i saw what he was trying to get for it and i saw people like commenting saying that this is like an awesome looking putter i've heard about this guy that's kind of like a, a reassuring moment. But yeah, it was a mixed feelings for sure. <laughs> That's funny. Well, when that time comes that you see one in the wild, you'll have to shoot me a text and let me know that it that it transpired. Yeah, that will be a cool moment. I will definitely share that. Um, the last question that I ask everyone, and you know, this is your opportunity to provide me with any breaking news that you have that I can use to um, amplify the promotion of this episode. Is there any breaking news that you want to break here on the podcast? The closest thing I have to breaking news is I have some head covers coming soon and oh, hopefully some hats and some t-shirts too. And yeah, I'm just going to keep making cool putters for the that foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to, to have some merch on there. So is, I mean, is that part of the long-term game too? I mean, other expand beyond just putters or is it really going to always be a putter game and then have some auxiliary things? Yeah. I think that the putters are the main focus. Uh, I get asked about the divot tools all the time, but they, man, they take so much time for like what machinery I have. So I stick to the putters, but I think it'd be cool to have some, some gear that is halfway between like the skate community, halfway between 
golf stuff, that kind of styling. So yeah, well, you cool. have my you have my word that when it goes up, I'll I'll support you. I, I don't know how we became internet friends, but I really like what you do, and I always appreciate interacting with you. Well, awesome, appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. You got it, man. So this is David Cushman, Cushman Custom Golf. You can find him on Instagram or on the World Wide Web. I appreciate you being here, man. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. You got it. Bye. Bye. I'm playing golf this weekend. I'm on the tee box swinging. I have my phone up on airplane mode. I'm on the fairway lighting up a storm.